0: CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina.
1: Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. Thanks again for joining us this week. We have an amazing guest because as we all know, the cannabis landscape has been changing so dramatically every single day that I've been involved in the industry. And when I first started, I was afraid to even tell people what I did. And now I have a radio show. So as you can imagine, it's changing Numerous states now are submitting bills that would outright legalize our favorite plant. It would implement medical marijuana programs or, at the very least, decriminalize it. But despite all of this progress that we're making every single day, there still remains numerous legal gray areas that we all have to navigate. And people often contact me and ask me, how do I navigate these And it's almost impossible to give great advice because you just never know. And here is an example of one of those. Oftentimes these days, we're finding that there are families that are finding themselves at risk of being raided, arrested, charged with federal crimes, even when they're complying with their state's laws. And one such family, now known as the Kettle Falls Five in Washington state, is facing a frightening sentence of 20 years in a federal penitentiary. And what is their crime? Oh, man, you guys. Their crime is growing cannabis in a safe, controlled environment for medicinal use. This is just frightening. So the Kettle Falls Five, they're a group of what we like to say law-abiding citizens. They are awesome, actually, once you get to know them. Uh, They're in the state of Washington. They made a decision to enter into a collective cannabis garden together because under state Washington state law, and it's different in every state, but in their state, every medical marijuana patient is entitled to grow up to 15 plants each. However, if you are in a collective garden, which is several patients coming together to grow because it's very difficult to grow on your own. You have to be married to these plants. you got to water them every day. You can't not be home. You can't go see a movie at a certain time because you got to take care of these things. And so it's easier when you join forces. And so this collective garden, they have a cap of no more than 45 plants per garden. 68 was their legal limit for the numbers of plants per patient, but exceeds the number of total plants permitted for a collective garden, which is just absurd. These these numbers should be equal. However... The harvests were meant to last their entire year, and this family sustained itself by growing their own cannabis. They didn't want to go to a collective. They didn't want to have to worry about where they're going to find their medicine. They wanted to grow it for themselves, for their own medicinal use. They all had their legal medical marijuana recommendations. So the Kettle Falls Five, it includes my friend who I actually just met at the Dope Cup in Washington, Roland Gregg, his wife, Michelle, his mom, Rhonda, and her husband, Lee, and also a friend of his, which is Jason Zucker. Now, not a single person here has a criminal record, any kind. These are Washington's average medical cannabis consumers. Michelle works at Microsoft. Rollin owns a tech company specializing in innovative clean energy sources, which I was just talking to him about, and sounds absolutely fascinating. And his mom, Rhonda, is the primary care, primary caregiver for Larry. Now, this is this is just so such a shame. If someone were to put Rhonda in jail, who's going to take care of Larry? I mean, this is going to be now a taxpayer problem. Families believe that everything that they were doing was in absolute strict compliance with Washington's medical cannabis laws. Um, down to they even had a green cross sign labeling the collective garden, which I actually recommend to all of our. To anyone that comes to me and says, Do "I want to grow," I always recommend that they post up medical cannabis signs all throughout their garden. Even paint a huge sign on their wall, because oftentimes when you are raided, the DEA will come in, or the or local police will come in, and they will take pictures because they need to take pictures of their crime scene. And they take the pictures. They pictures are used as evidence in court. And the scary thing, which we'll get into in a little bit, is that the DEA does not allow you to use the word medical as part of your defense. If you're ever in a federal trial, even if you have medical cannabis, even if it's legal in your state, which is horrifying. However, it's been in the past helpful to some people when they actually use those photos in court and the jury were able to see the signs and go, oh, wait a second, they might not have said it was medical, but there's a green cross there, and everyone nowadays knows that the green cross symbolizes medical cannabis. So their first raid occurred in August of 2002. Local authorities came in. They had one DEA agent in tow. They confiscated 23 plants, which reduced their number down to the legal amount of 45 for their collective garden, which... Once again, I think is absurd that they could have more plants that they were on separate areas, but together they have to have less. They also confiscated an ATV and other items on their property. The group had maintained that everything that they were doing was correct; that there were no arrests made at the time. But without warning, six months later, as what happens a lot, they got a knock on their door without warning, and. Every single member was taken in, in their home. This would happen at 6 a.m. with three separate SWAT teams cutting down their entire garden. They confiscated their vehicles, their computers, their cash. I've been through a federal raid, and I know that they don't walk in and act very nice when they're taking things. If they see your computer on the desk, they don't just take your computer. They're going to turn your desk upside down just to piss you off, just because they can, um, to improve a point, to scare you. And so it's a horrifying experience. So I can't even imagine having this experience in your own home. So I feel terrible for them. But the DEA agents, they came in, they cut everything down, and they held everyone um, in jail. They indicted them. Um, In the case of Rhonda and Larry, they were held for nearly three weeks before being released. Under pre-trial supervision, which is horrible, Um, Larry didn't have access to his medicine, so his gout was just—it was exacerbated. It left him permanently disfigured with on his foot. One of the terms of the Kettle Falls Five, their pre-trial probation, is that each member is drug tested every week, which is absurd because they were growing medical cannabis because they had a medical condition, and now they're not even allowed to take their medicine. Even if they have their medical marijuana recommendations, they don't care because the federal court recognizes cannabis as a Schedule I drug with no medicinal value. Once again, they have it wrong. So each member dutifully abstained from cannabis for the duration of the pretrial, including Lee, who suffers from pancreatic cancer. And as we all know, we get great results when people with pancreatic cancer take cannabis oil, so they are preventing him from the cure. But as the trial progressed, his condition worsened. And it was at the point where he was at stage four pancreatic cancer, and thankfully, the charges against Larry were ultimately dropped, and Larry is able to resume his medical cannabis um, regimen with cannabis oil, and hopefully this will help him in his fight. Now, this case is so complicated and for a number of reasons. One, federal charges included an unclear photo as evidence from years in the past as an effort to charge the group with manufacturing over 100 plants. Absurd, despite the fact that there was never more than 68 plants confiscated or ever even present during the raids. With a deck stacked against the Kettle Falls Five, you know, their case really seemed bleak. However, it was kind of an, it became an inspiration for Dana Rohrbacher. And he is a really smart guy. And Sam Farrar, they introduced a new amendment to this year's bill. And this is the Cromney bus bill. This was to appropriate spending so that we can cut off the federal government. And essentially, the amendment would prohibit the Department of Justice from using any federal funds to prosecute medical cannabis cases in states, at least where it had been legalized. So, you know, these Rep- House of Representatives, they they felt so strongly about this amendment that they also personally signed a letter from Congress reminding the, the reminding the DOJ that it's no longer in their jurisdiction. If you're DEA and you're listening to my radio show. Listen to this sentence very clearly. It is no longer in your jurisdiction nor within your sights to pursue federal cases against state-level marijuana crimes. And these are not even crimes. These are just people growing, minding their own business. Now, fortunately, the Rohrbacher farrar Amendment had been renewed, which upheld the decision to deny federal funds for their prosecution of marijuana cases. Were cannabis legal? Does this mean that it's working? No, we're still having problems with this really, really interesting. And we're going to get into this and what is going to happen to the Kettle Falls Five. We're going to run off to a short break. And
0: when we come back, we're going to meet Roland Gregg of the Kettle Falls Five. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors.
2: Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The State of Cannabis.
3: What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm,
0: I wish that were the case.
2: <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com.
0: Doctor Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr.
1: Dina. All right. Thank you so much for listening to me rant about this horrible injustice that these, this awesome family is dealing with. So I'm going to bring on now Roland Gregg so we could talk about how we all as a community can help him and his family. Welcome, Roland.
3: Yeah. Hi there, Dr. Dina. How are you doing today? I appreciate you having me on the show today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I had wanted Ron to be on the show for a long time, and I reached out to him And last week, and he told me that he wasn't going to be available because he was going to be sentenced, and he wasn't sure if he was going to be in jail or not for this week. So I'm so happy that we at least were able to postpone your sentencing so we can get the power of the cannabis community behind you and help write letters to your judge so they let you go free.
3: Definitely, and thank you. We really appreciate what Dana Rohrabacher and Sam Farr have done. I know you've been in conversations with them and given them some perspectives from inside view of the cannabis industry, and so we appreciate that. They definitely have been a really a lot of help. We, we really appreciate that. And there there is still things that people can do. They can go to kettlefalls5.com forward slash letters, and they can simply fill out some information, and that will go to our judge, a preformed letter that, you know basically saying, We do not want our federal tax money spent putting people in jail who are following their state laws and their doctor's orders. And then spreading the word. We need to put pressure on the DOJ to stop and the DEA. Like, literally, they're done. They cannot mess with the medical cannabis community in any state where it's been legalized. And that's 39 states.
1: And what's really frightening for me is that, from my experience in being involved with federal raids— and that was the past. And, yes, they use federal funds to come in and radar our facilities. And, you know, they seize everything. But they are the only federal agency that can actually keep everything that they seize. So yes. if they come into a store and, let's say, you know, you're about to pay your, your sales tax for the month and you might have yep. – cash for your sales tax, and you had all your money for the week, and maybe you had $50,000 cash. They keep all of that. They also take all your cannabis. And from the past, and I don't know if they do this now, but back in the day, there were raids where I personally had handwritten a code on the bottom of a bag of cannabis for a collective. Because a lot of these you know, cannabis clubs, when they buy it, they purchase or they donate a bag of cannabis to their collective. They have to right. tag it with something so they know what it is. And so you would make up a code with the date and the name of the vendor. And so I had actually written with my handwriting on the bottom of the bag. And about three weeks later after the raid, someone came in to sell us some cannabis. And I was looking at it. And on the bottom of the bag was my writing.
3: Wow.
1: <laughs> and and it was Jeez. a pre it was a pre-raid, you know, date on the bag. So I know they come back and they sell the cannabis right back to us. They keep all the wow. money. And I've seen federal agents walking around with Burberry shirts and True Religion jeans and Rolex watches and I just look at them and go, "Really?" I mean, wow. so they don't need the federal government's money almost anymore because they make so much every time they raid it pays for them to raid. But I want to get a little bit deeper into the charges against you guys. I know that you were acquitted on four out of the five charges against you, and you're still facing a sentencing hearing that was postponed. There's one federal drug charge remaining, but of course, this is a big one, and it's growing between 50 and 100 plants, and they've already been convicted, and now you guys are facing up to 20 years in a federal penitentiary?
3: Yes. It's pretty crazy. We definitely would have liked to be acquitted of all five charges. We actually were acquitted of uh, five of the five charges levied against us. So we were very successful in getting the jury to somewhat nullify some of these charges. But because of the directions from the judge, Judge Thomas Rice in the Eastern District of Washington in Spokane, Washington, because of the directions from him and the prosecutors arguing about what would be put in the direction Um, I believe they felt they had to convict us on something, or else they would have gotten punished themselves. So I don't believe they were made fully aware of their rights to judge the law and the facts, which is called jury nullification, which has been involved with our judicial system since the beginning of it. But that gives us the ability to appeal and to argue the issues at the Ninth Circuit and Supreme Court, which is being argued right now with uh, USA versus Lynch. There's a lot of legal stuff happening on the back end that we're still fighting with right now before that October second date. So we hope that we won't have to actually face sentencing. That's that's our hope right now, and when we could use all the support we can get, and especially from uh, people like Rohrabacher and Farr, who I hope to be able to be in touch with soon to to collaborate on some of that.
1: So it's you, your wife, and your mother are all three looking at facing 20 years.
3: That's correct. Yeah.
1: yeah. That is so frightening and so scary. And so what I was we spoke about earlier is there were five originally, the Kettle Falls five, and as we know, Larry was let go. The missing person here is Jason Zucker. And as the fifth defendant in the trial, I hear pled guilty for reduced sentence in exchange, he testified against everyone else. So that's really a shame and I know that everyone is gonna in their mind think, Oh, he's a rat, he turned and it's really scary when you're dealing with the federal government how they make you feel and when you're doing everything in your mind right in their mind you're doing it wrong and they can twist it and turn it and make it look like you are the most evil people on the planet. They're overstepping their boundaries and it's really scary. So besides writing letters to your judge and asking for leniency and to let you guys go what else can we do to help?
3: We've had a pro bono lawyer named Phil Telfion who has basically taken our case on pro bono and he's done so much work. The timing on appeal is going to be here shortly, potentially before or after the sentencing. We're still depending on that right now. Um, so that's what people can do is they can they could go and they could donate if they found it within their heart. They wanted to support this, this case and this cause because Phil has been doing a lot of work just out of the goodness of his heart and what his nonprofit does. They could contact their own representatives and speak to them about their feeling of not wanting their federal tax money spent to continue this prosecution of medical marijuana patients in states where it's legal. So, and telling their friends, sharing the story. The more people that know about it, the more people are outraged. And if you have, if you have a connection to mainstream media, everybody can, and can help by their own networks of what they have. So I'm um, just like you are right now, Dr. Dina, and that's the biggest thing we can do.
1: So everyone out there, that's your responsibility. Put it out on Twitter. Put it out on Instagram. Make sure that you you tag KettleFalls5.com. That's correct, right? That's correct. KettleFalls5.com. Go there. Fill out the form. Have your friends do it. Have your parents do it. Have your neighbors do it. We need an army. We need to set precedence that these people cannot go to jail because if we have another person go to jail, it's going to make it easier for them to keep taking us to jail and we will not... Put up with this anymore. Washington state has made cannabis legal. It's legal, it's recreationally legal. And that's the sad part is other parts of the world or other parts everywhere, really. I mean, when you hear cannabis is legal in Washington state, you think it's legal. You can't even comprehend that there are people like you who are facing 20 years in federal prison because of cannabis. And so we're going to get into more of this in a second. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, We will have Roland Gregg and Dr. Dina ranting like crazy.
0: Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors.
2: InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled internet marketing ninjas disavow documents reconsideration requests panda and Penguin penalties let our superior seo ninjas confront all of your link related issues the internet marketing ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise content creation authorship link building ppc and more plus build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who
3: use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go
2: burning issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com
0: Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidentials, only on CannabisRadio.com Welcome back to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We have
1: Roland Gregg of the Kettle Falls Five. Thank you for joining us and staying with us all day. We are going to bring you some interesting facts. I have been learning, Roland, about the federal government and how there is this Little thing that no one really seems to know about that we've seen it on the news and read papers about slave labor and people talking about how horrible it is that people are getting paid, you know, pennies in China or or Mexico or other parts of the world and there's children doing all this work and whatever it is, and people are horrified by it, right? It can ruin businesses. Yes. Um, There's a company called American Apparel that was really hurt by that. And so it could really destroy businesses. And the irony is that the federal government is the biggest slave labor corporation out there. And most of the people in federal prison right now are like people like you who don't belong there, who got caught up in, you know, a a drug crime. And they put drug prisoners in jail. They then give you a a job at Unicor. And you are now forced to work for like 60 cents a day to make products that Nordstrom sells in their stores, that Whole Foods sells in their markets, that the police that walk around, their uniforms, their bulletproof vests, their your license plates, all of this is made in prison. And they are then taking half of that money towards your fines, which is really nothing. What's 30 cents a day going towards your fines? That's why no one ever gets the restitution
3: paid. Yep.
1: But... It pays for the government to arrest people for drug crimes to so put them in jail so they get free labor.
3: Exactly. Exactly. You can go to unicorn.gov and check it out. They actually market these slave labor services. It's absolutely insane. I, I work in clean tech industry, and I've actually had people offer me and try to sell me personally services for some of the products that we are going to go into manufacturing on in clean tech, saying that, no, we, can act, we actually have cheaper labor than China and Mexico. Within the system. Absolutely. Um,
1: So tell me more about what you do besides cannabis.
3: In my 20s, I rose pretty quickly in corporate marketing. Ended up managing all of uh, the tier two online marketing spend for uh, North America. And that was for General Motors. And I was managing three of those brands. And that was the last corporate job I had back in 2010. In the last five years since then, I started a clean technology incubator, basically what that means is I've spent a lot of money and my partners have as well uh, evaluating the most sustainable clean technologies in the areas of energy, food production, water, uh, waste solutions, shelter and shelters and healthcare solutions. So the six areas of what I call Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the foundation of what supports our communities and what we need, the basics. And so so we develop technologies like for example, one of our companies is called Quantum Power and you can go to quantumpower.cc, check it out. And it basically is a crystal cell that is like a battery, but it doesn't ever run out. And so it just gives that's energy awesome. forever, since 1999. And so that's one of the technologies. And we have many different technologies like that in these different areas, which are all symbiotic, non-polluting, clean, but they do give energy and, and good food and water and whatnot. So... That's what I do, and I've got a lab and an office here in Seattle where discoverget.com is the incubator. We really just want to give solutions that will allow our, our humanity to interact with the planet and also thrive and not have to you know, give up too much because with the right technologies, we don't have to give up something to save the planet or save ourselves. We can live a really thriving life. We don't have to give up things. It's just about working in, in a symbiotic fashion with the systems around us.
1: You sound like the perfect person to be growing cannabis, to be perfectly honest, right? Because it just sounds like growing weed. But no, I imagine that your products will be very popular in the cannabis space, especially with how expensive indoor lighting can be. Solar panels just don't quite cut it.
3: That's correct. Right now, manufacturing lights with these crystal batteries as we speak for that purpose with LEDs.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I am so excited about everything that you're doing, and I have a good feeling that you're going to be able to spend your time helping save the world instead of sitting in a box working for Unicor. All up to us to help Roland. Go to kettlefalls5.com, fill out the form. I've already done it. And send a letter to the judge. Let him know how you feel. Let's get him home. So the best to you, Roland. Thank you so much. And you guys, thank you so much for listening to this week of Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. We will see you next week.